you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. up what's up what's up how are we doing how are we doing and welcome to episode number 90 of the banner banter podcast i am your host and favorite boston celtic season ticket holder timmy g how's everyone doing you can find me on the twitter machine at banner banter 18 or on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast and before we get into this devastating depressing heartbreaking sad loss i was looking over some of the listening statistics for episode number 89 and it seems that we have some new listeners from canada so i'd just like to Give a little tip of the hat to the Canadians. Thanks so much for listening. I just want to let you know, I love the city of Toronto. I love the weekend. I hate Drake. And I hate Kyle Lowry. But thanks for listening. Hope you can enjoy episode 90. So let's talk about this 125 to 122 double overtime loss that is now forcing a game seven on Friday night at 9 p.m. Friday night at 9 p.m. Friday is going to be the longest day of my life. I usually get up about 6 a.m. because I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and I can't sleep. But with that being said, you're going to make me wait 15 hours? What the hell am I going to do for 15 hours? Minus sweat, grow gray hair, and probably shower 8 to 12 times because I'll be so stressed and disgusted and disgusting and etc. etc. All right, so now that that rant's over, let's rant about everything else. Enough about this. Ser- enough about my series preview that I did, I feel like, 28 podcast to go because this series is taking years and years off my life we got to throw all that out the window because it's game seven but we can recap the five things that i was looking for in game six because i felt like some of them were actually important like for example don't too don't put too much pressure on yourself and kemba walker did a fucking fine job at that didn't he motherfucker like you got to be kidding me 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3, 3 turnovers, 0 free throws. You wanted to come here for the spotlight? I've, I feel like I've never been bad at Kemba Walker before in my life, and now I'm filled with rage towards him. But, like, you wanted to come here for an opportunity to be in the big spotlight. You wanted to make a deep playoff run, and you had it, and you show up 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3, 3 turnovers, and 0 free throws? No. No, 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 no. That is not how it works, young man. So now the Celtics have put so much more pressure on themselves because now the Raptors have all, like, all the juices flowing their way. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's heartbreaking, really. Number two on my list was find OG Ananobi. Please, he shouldn't be destroying you like this. And guess what? He did it again. OG Ananobi is a fine basketball player. He is... You know, can you imagine how good the Raptors would have been last year if he wasn't out in the playoffs? He's a good, solid NBA player. No one's taking that away from him. But he shouldn't be the reason why you're going to Game 7. Sure, you can say that that crazy shot in Game 3 was once in a lifetime, you know, like Kelly Clarkson, a moment like this. But he should not be getting five offensive rebounds in in a game while playing the five. 
He should not win three or four consecutive jump ball tips. Nope. He beat Tice. He beat Jalen multiple times. He hit a big three at the end of the game on literally the same exact play that the Raptors ran two times in a row. But let's blame the refs. The same play two times in a row. He goes up and sets a screen for Lowry. They hope the Celtics trap Lowry. They do. He throws a behind-the-back pass. The first time it was a bad pass, didn't work out that well. The second time it was a good pass, and he stuck a three, and you could argue that was the game-winning shot. But yeah, let's let's blame the refs. Unbelievable. OG Ananobi, again, killed you. I think the Raptors had eight offensive rebounds in this game, and OG Ananobi had five of them. That has to stop. Number three on my list was play great paint defense early and often. Thought the Celtics protected the paint pretty well. Sure, they allowed 36 points, but if you actually look at it, if I told you that the Celtics scored 42 points in the paint, you'd be like, you're a liar because they couldn't get anything going near the paint. It was all corner threes, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Number four was keep being aggressive and getting to the free throw line. Less than 20 free throws isn't going to cut it, and I know that the Raptors had seven more free throws, but let's talk about the refs, shall we? If that's why you think that they lost this game, then please, for the love of God, just... Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Yeah, just shut up. Shut up. Did they make bad calls? Yes. Were there bad calls for both sides? Yes. Should that have been the foul? Should that have been a foul on Kemba with two seconds left? Yes. Is that the reason why they lost? No. 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 With a sprinkle of no and dusted and sprayed with more nos. That is not the reason why they lost. Celtics went 15 of 18 from the line. Guess who missed the three free throws? Jason Tatum. They lost by three. Adorable. But I'm not saying that's the reason why they lost. Speaking about Jason Tatum, I was looking for him to be the superstar in the game. And at times, he did kind of play like that. But overall, not so much. His rebounding was terrific. His rebounding has improved so much in this bubble. It's improved a lot, actually. And I've really enjoyed it. I mean, for him and Jalen to combine for 30 rebounds, Jalen had 16 rebounds, Tatum had 14, to get... That type of production on the boards from those two guys just shows how bad that they wanted that game, but they just didn't come through when it mattered. Jason Tatum started off the game 1 of 5 shooting, and he couldn't make two free throws in a row. I think he started the game 2 of 5 from the line. Not great. So if you combine that, he's basically 3 of 12. Ridiculous. Now, the other thing was, he had a lazy, lazy defensive play against Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry got an and one on a three-point shot. Absolutely ridiculous. But overall, Jason Tatum was 9 of 21 from the field. Not great, Bob. And what's worse is he had six turnovers. And we can all talk about the one turnover that everyone seems to be talking about when Nick Nurse was outside the coach's box in the corner, kind of standing behind or next to Daniel Tice. And you could argue that his foot was on the court, sure. But let me just give you a couple points about this. Because, if again, if you think this is why they lost, you're literally out of your mind, okay? Number one, if this was in an arena, whether it was in Toronto or at TD Garden in Boston, Technically, last night was supposed to be a TD Garden in Boston if everything was back to the way that it was, which is not, so wear a mask and wash your hands. If it was, the entire Raptors bench would be standing up for that game. You're telling me that they're not? You're lying to yourself. So the entire Raptors bench would be standing right there. Number two, why is Daniel Tice standing in the corner anyways? Why isn't he on the block? Why didn't Tatum just drive it to the hoop? And if he gets caught up, throw a lob up to Tice. Their tallest guy on the court was OG Ananobi. Tice can grab it and dunk it over him like he did a couple times in overtime. And number three, if Mark Jackson didn't say anything on the broadcast, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have noticed, you wouldn't have cared. 
You, you would have had no fucking idea. And that's bullshit. It really is that everyone's now butthurt because someone else said something. Now, I would say maybe there's some diehard basketball fans that would have been like, huh, that's weird. Why was Nick Nurse all the way down there? That's bizarre. But if Mark Jackson didn't say anything, you wouldn't be fucking bitching about it. So stop. Stop. You didn't notice it. You didn't care about it until he said something. So stop. But let's break down the game, shall we? The Raptors wanted Pascal Siakam to get going early, and I think they did that. They set a screen for him to cut right across the paint. He caught it, got to the free throw line. Not too shabby. Got Jalen Brown his first foul of the game. And then you have to tip the cap to Nick Nurse here. And speaking about caps and hats and all this stuff, Nick Nurse has his own logo on a Nike hat, NN, for Nick Nurse. I, is, this, is this a thing? Do coaches have their own logos? Like I've never seen Phil Jackson or Bill Belichick or – Red Arback, I've, I've never seen them with their own logos. Have have you? I mean, it, does he think he's Gordon Bombay trying to sell a loafer at a Hendrix hockey event? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But I don't know if I hate it, love it, or respect it. I think I kind of respect it, but also hate it. But, like, I would never see Brad... I mean, if Brad Stevens came out with a Coach Brad Stevens quarter zip collection, <laughs> sure, I'm at the store, the first one in line buying them. But I I, I don't know. I, I've, I've just never seen that before. But anyways... Whatever is inside that cap of his, that thinking cap, if you will, he knew what he was doing. Because you know what he basically said? He goes, fuck Tatum, fuck Brown, fuck Smart. We're going to force Kemba Walker to beat us. And he threw a box and one on Kemba Walker where he previously threw a box and one on Jason Tatum in games previous to, to game six. So props to Nick Nurse there. And Kemba didn't know what the hell to do. It was just like he literally was playing like a Charlotte Bobcat last night. <laughs> like there was no one there to help him. And he couldn't help himself. It was unbelievable. Thankfully, Marcus Smart hit some threes uh, in early in the first quarter, and the Celtics overall hit their corner threes like crazy. And my buddy Big T reached out to me and reminded me of a Family Guy episode that went like this. All right, bring it up to court. And corner three! No, no, that's what I'm talking about! Steal! Up, corner three! All right, here we go. I got something cooking. Oh, you dropped something. I think I'll head over in this direction. Corner three! So yeah, over, overall, minus those corner threes and minus a couple things that the Raptors were doing okay, like that box and one on Kemba, I mean, it was an ugly first quarter. I thought both teams were playing very, very hard. And both teams shot, what, 30, maybe 31% from, from the field in the first quarter, so not great. Second quarter comes around, and Jalen Brown's scoring really starts picking up. But in classic Jalen Brown fashion, he couldn't do anything in the second half. He scored 21 points in the first half and then scored 10 points combined in the third, fourth, first overtime, and second overtime. Not great, Bob. Not great. Like, if Jalen Brown kept that shooting up and didn't... Like, did anyone else notice that Jalen was, like, jumping for joy when he shot some three-pointers? Like, his heel was hitting his butt, like, leaning in on some threes. I've seen it before from him, but I feel like he did it, like, seven, eight, nine times in this game, and it was kind of annoying. But with that being said, he dropped 21 points in the first half on 18 field goals. And those 18 field goals in the first half are the fourth most in NBA history in a first half of a second-round playoff game. The only people ahead of him or tied with him, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, and some guy named Shaquille O'Neal. Crazy. What a class to be in. Too bad he couldn't do that in the second half. He took 13 shots in the second half and only scored 10 points. So really not ideal. But the Celtics did extend their lead to 12, thanks to an 11-4 run, thanks to Jalen Brown hitting some shots and Brad Wanamaker making some threes. And, you know, like I said, Brad, Wa Brad Wanamaker is a good 
reliable guy. Sure, he didn't take some great shots, but there was nothing else he could do in those moments. But he did make a couple threes to put the Celtics up 12. And then this is where I have a little bit of an issue. (laughs) The Celtics crashed the offensive rebounds very well. They had nine halfway through the second quarter. The Celtics won the rebound battle by nine and out-rebounded the Raptors. I, I can't even think of the opponent because I'm just still so angry about that fucking game. That they out-rebounded on the offensive boards the Raptors by six. So nine overall, six on the offensive glass. Absolutely ridiculous. But the cross-court passes against the zone defense or just their man-to-man and, you know, whether it was Shemi or Tatum or Brown kind of drifted into the corner. Great idea when you're doing those those cross-court passes or skip passes, as you you know, some basketball junkies would call them. Great idea. But throw it like you mean it. You can't lob it against this Raptors defense. You got to zing it. You can't be like, you got to be like, you know, like that, like you got to throw it like you're Rick Ross. Like you got to throw it. You got to toss it. You you can't lob it up there. They're going to steal it. And I think that's where the Celtics got, you know, a handful of their 16 turnovers in this game. Uh, did the Celtics have 16 turnovers in this game? Or was it more than that? I don't even know, to be honest with you. It doesn't matter. Either way, it 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 is just so freaking frustrating that you have a couple dumb-ass turnovers because you didn't throw give it enough oomph. Like, absolutely ridiculous. That just... <clears throat> those, those cross-court passes really and truly drove me nuts. They really did. But what literally made me lose my mind... And this is one of the two reasons why I think the Celtics lost the game. Not because of the goddamn referees, okay? If you can tell me why the Celtics allowed this to happen and why they lost the game, I would be shocked if you can then blame it on the refs, okay? But if you want to do it, go right ahead. Time Lord comes into the game, Serge Ibaka's in there, and Serge Ibaka again roasts him on the pick and pop, just like he did in Game 5. Ibaka hit three three three-pointers in a row. He went on a 9-2 run by himself to cut the lead from 12 to 5. Oh, but wait, it's the ref's fault. Shut the fuck up. Both teams go back and forth for a bit. And then Lowry and Powell went on an 8-0 run. Luckily, Jalen hit some free throws at the end. The lead was down to 2 with about 30 seconds left. And now the lead is up to 4 at halftime. Okay? You tied the second quarter with them. You beat them in the first quarter 25-21. to But... Three straight three-pointers by Serge Ibaka. He went on a 9-2 run by himself. And then Lowry and Powell, just like they did late in the game, but this time in the second quarter, went on an 8-0 run. So technically, between those little situations and that 11-4 Celtics run, okay, the Celtics literally, oh, Tim, do some quick math in your head. The Celtics lost a 21-13 run in the second quarter. If you combine both the Celtics runs or one of the Celtics runs and both of the Raptors runs. Serge Ibaka hit three threes in a row and went on a 9-2 run by himself to cut the lead from 12-5, to and now you're giving them all the momentum going into the third quarter where you suck and where they are really good. That, to me, is one of the main reasons why the Celtics lost that game. If it is a 12-point game, if it is an 8-point game going into the third quarter, it is a little bit different because guess what? The Celtics lost the third quarter by 8 points instead of going down into the fourth quarter, down 4. They could have been tied. Absolutely unbelievable to let a 9-0-2 run kind of go back and forth a little bit and then allow another 8-0 run. 
So then the third quarter rolls around, and you only have a four-point lead, and you're saying to yourself, we're fucked. We're fucked. If you didn't think like that, let me show you some math that I did last night. In quarters one and two, one, I'm sorry, quarters one, two, and four of the series, the Celtics are beating the Raptors 497 to 428. That's an average of about 11 points total per game difference. And if you break it down in the individual quarters, it's about a three and a half point difference. In quarter three, the Raptors are beating the Celtics 183 to 46, which is an average of six points. That is ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Which means if the Celtics are beating the Raptors in quarters one, two, and four by three and a half points, let's just say it's three points for easy math. Get rid of the first quarter, get rid of the second quarter, and because of the third quarter, we're all tied up going into the fourth quarter, even though you've outplayed them. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So you're saying to yourself, all right, Brad will help Tatum get more shots and better looks, but it didn't really happen. With that being said, Jason Tatum once again did pass out of those traps and blitzes very, very well. He had nine assists. He was one assist away of a triple-double. So props to Jason Tatum on realizing maybe there are some other guys who can make some shots. I can, Hopefully I can come back in Game 7 and help this team or hopefully play better in the Eastern Conference Finals if we do win this game. Then all of a sudden, Marcus Gasol hit a three. And then Van Fleet hit a three on back-to-back possessions. But during that time, Jalen Brown picked up his third and fourth foul, and those were legitimate fouls. He literally picked up his third and fourth foul in less than three minutes. That is not what you need from the guy who already has 21 points from you. That is not good. And then Marcus Smart picked up a flagrant foul on Fred Van Fleet shooting the three for not letting him land properly. Is it a dumb rule? Yes. Do I get why they call it? Yes. Should it should have been called in that moment? I, we could go back and forth on it, okay? But before I break down what happened, let me just say this about Marcus Smart. Bravo. What a game. First triple-double for the Boston Celtics in the playoffs since Rondo did it in 2012. He shot the ball well. He found a lot of open shooters, obviously with 10 assists, and I think he had like 11 rebounds. Those lobs, excuse me, those lobs Daniel Tice late were absolutely fantastic. It was a, an incredible performance by Marcus Smart. Let's hope to God it's not a wasted performance and he can somewhat give us, maybe not shooting-wise, but passing and rebounding-wise and defensively, the same type of game because you figure Kemba's going to score more than five points, so he can kind of take the shooting from, like, if Kemba can give us 25 and Marcus Smart can give us 12, you win the game. But in this case, Kemba Walker gave you five and Marcus Smart gave you 23. So if if Kemba and Smart can combine for about 30 to 35 points, it's a completely different ballgame. So you're going to have so that that's what's going to have to happen in the next game. But the flopping that Marcus Smart does it has to stop. I would take a bullet for Marcus Smart. I would. He's incredible. The heart and soul of this team, the definition of Celtics pride. But I'll tell you this right now, when I'm taking that bullet for him, I wouldn't fucking flop doing it. But that fifth foul that Marcus all got, flop city. Marcus jumped into him. We'll take it. I'm not complaining about it, but the fact that when he looked at the referee, as he was falling down, putting his hands up, like he like passionately, in love, looked at the referee, hoping to get a foul. That is not going to happen in Game 7. The referee should put their whistles away, so the more you flop, the more it's going to hurt your team. So I really and truly hope that Marcus Smart stops. Like, Marcus Smart looks to flop. Kyle Lowry knows when to flop, and I feel like that's a huge difference between the two. Okay? So... Four-point lead, 
flagrant foul happens. Van Fleet makes all three free throws. Then they get the ball back. They hit a three. Kemba misses. He makes another three. And now then Van Fleet makes another three. Now they're down five. Tatum hits a jumper, so now they're up three. Then Gasol hits another three, and they're down six. So literally, for the second straight quarter, you let them make three three-pointers in three consecutive possessions. But it's the fucking referee's fault. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. That's your fault. Absolutely your fault. Now, I understand maybe leaving Marcus all open because he's been terrible. So fine, whatever. That was weird. 2020. But to be down six and then thankfully Grant Williams hit that corner three-pointer. Because if that went in and he missed it, it, it would have been all downhill. But the Raptors were 7 of 12 in the first half overall from three. And then in the, their first six three-pointers, they made five of them. Five out of six in the first, like, five or six minutes of the third quarter. That's on the Celtics, not on the fucking referees. Brad finally switched to his own defense, which I think threw the Raptors off a bit. Celtics were able to cut down the lead, get it down to four, going into the fourth quarter. So the fourth quarter comes along, and next thing you know, the Celtics start hitting some threes. They go four or five from three to start. Raptors got a little too aggressive on D. The Celtics' ball movement was back. And then you look at it, and you say, oh, my God, the Celtics made 44 field goals off of 32 assists, and they still lost the fucking game. How the fuck do you do that? 32 assists? That means only 12 made baskets were not on assists. How does that fucking happen? That's 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 asinine to me. Insane. Then Daniel Tice taking a contested corner three with five minutes to go? No. Daniel Tice taking a three-pointer with five minutes to go in any situation? No. Contested? Absolutely not. In the corner? Absolutely not. On the top of the key? Okay, maybe. I'll think about it. Eh, but I'd still prefer no. Also, why was Kemba taking the last shot? Why are we forcing Kemba to be good when he wasn't? Like, Kemba just wasn't good that game. People who should have gotten the ball before Kemba? Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Maybe not in that order. But Kemba should have been the fourth option, just like OG Anobi in Game 3 with half a second left. He wasn't even in the plan, and it worked out for them. So if that worked out for Kemba, great. But that, that shouldn't have been the plan at all, at all. So then the overtime start. Oh, and, you know, the drive that Kemba took, you know, with two seconds left, it was a foul. Sure. Absolutely. You want to – I'll agree with you there. It was a foul. It should have been called. He's an all-star. He should have gotten the call the way the NBA works. But maybe, just maybe, the NBA officials didn't recognize Kemba because he's never been this far in the playoffs before. I don't know. I don't know. But the overtimes. I don't remember much because I blacked out due to anger, happiness, frustration, whatever the case may be in the moment. Um, but Siakam missing that uh, layup off the off the spin move off the post, that oh, that was heartbreaking. But that jumper that he hit at the end, towards the end of that second overtime, that scared me. You want to know why? That's all he needed to see. Siakam's due. I understand he played all right in game five or game six or whatever the hell it was. Or game four, game five. I think it was game five. He played okay. Or maybe it was game four. I can't remember. Or he scored like 23 points. Siakam's due. You can't, like, for someone that talented, you can't play bad for seven games in a row. You can play that bad for six, but not seven. They've been in this moment before. The Raptors have been here. See, I understand it was an absolute lucky, ridiculous shot to beat the 76ers, Kawhi Leonard in the corner. But guess what? That OG and an OB shot was also wild and ridiculous. And they moved on too. So... He could go off, and the Celtics have to be prepared for Norman Powell. I mean, uh, not Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam to go off in this game. But to have Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell be their only offense and you lose a basketball game, wow. 
I understand Kyle Lowry's the heart and soul of that basketball team. He has every right to be. They go as far as he goes, and he's played over two. Um, what did I read? In six games, he's played over 250 minutes. That means he's averaging over 40 minutes a game. Absolutely ridiculous. Balls to the wall type stuff. I mean, he played 53 minutes. Pascal played 54. Unbelievable minutes for, for all these players, and it's going to happen again. It really is. But to have Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell just be the reason why you lose. Kyle Lowry got everything you wanted when he's on Kemba. I've said it all series long. When Lowry sees Kemba, he smiles. He will just put his big ass right into him and just back him down and hit elbow jumpers all day. And he did that multiple times. It was also very frustrating seeing Kyle Lowry just dribble, 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 dribble. And you literally were just like, he's going to shout it. And then he shoots it and it goes in. So I understand Tatum had a couple good contests. Jalen had a good contest. Uh, Marcus Smart was okay with some of the contests, but like, just keep your hand up. If you keep your hand up, hopefully he doesn't, you know, bump into you, and maybe they can review it, and you know, you you get the call to go the other way. But overall, Kyle Lowry making those three pointers and no hands being up, that was very frustrating. But Norman Powell, who I was afraid going into this series, all series long, I was very nervous about how the Raptors bench were going to come out because the Raptors bench is better than the Celtics bench. Maybe it hasn't shown so far, but it did last night. Norman Powell was absolutely incredible. 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. He got to the free throw line 9 times. Kemba, got, Kemba Walker got to the free throw line 0 times, and Norman Powell got to the line 9 times. You want to know why? Like, Kemba didn't attack. He just took some bad jumpers. I mean, Kemba overall was 1 of 6 for 3. Norman Powell took 6 threes, and he made 2 of them. I mean, 2 more than Kemba did. Absolutely ridiculous. But this... The fact that the Raptors ran that same play twice to get OG and Anobi open that three, oh, man, that one, that one's going to sting a bit. It was literally the same exact play. I mean, Lowry even threw the same behind-the-back pass twice. But Norman Powell was huge in the second overtime. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what Nick, Dur- Nick Nurse does uh, going into Game 7 at, on Friday night at 9 p.m. And because of that, I have three questions before my five keys of the game. My three questions for the Boston Celtics. Or three questions really for the game. Number one, how will Kemba Walker's knee react? I don't know if anyone from Media Row or the press asked if, you know, how Kemba's knee was feeling after playing 52 minutes. I don't think he's played that much time since he was in Charlotte before he had the knee issues before he came to Boston. So how will Kemba Walker's knee react after playing 52 minutes with only one day off? Number two, Will Nick Nurse go small again? I was I was shocked not to see Serge Ibaka out there, but he was just like, all right, you know what? We're going to try and beat you guys playing small. Now, could have Gordon Hayward helped it if it was Tatum, Brown, Smart, Kemba, and Hayward versus Siakam, Van Fleet, Lowry, Norman Powell, and OG Ananobi? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. But guess what? Gordon Hayward's not playing, and Gordon Hayward's not going to be part of Game 7. If he's on the bench, that would be cool. Well, maybe maybe some support because my third question is, are the Celtics mentally tough to do this? Can they win? I understand they've been in three game sevens under Brad Stevens, the one against the Cavs that they lost, and then they beat the Washington Wizards in round two. I think, what, when IT was there, that's when Kelly Olynyk went off. And then they in 2000, the 2017-2018 season, I believe they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in round one in seven games. So they've been there before but not in this type of atmosphere or this type of situation. All three of those games were at home. They lost the Cavs game. They lost. Uh, they beat the Wizards at the Garden, and then they beat the Bucks at the Garden. You're not going to have 
myself and 18,624 other maniacs going. So are the Celtics mentally tough enough? Will Nick Nurse go small again? And how will Kemba's knee react? Those are like my three questions. My five keys to the game are this. Win the fucking game, please. That's right. Five keys, five words. Win the fucking game, please. For the love of God. (sighs) All right. It's over. That's it. Episode 89 of the Banner Banter Podcast is in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Please wear a mask. Wash your hands. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Please win game seven. Please, 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 please. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.